Welcome to this week's podcast from Gathering Place Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, please visit our website at gatheringplacechurch.com. God bless you and you can be seated. Did everyone have a good Thanksgiving? Did everybody get enough to eat? I think we all did. Well, we had a wonderful Thanksgiving this year. Uh, we went to my daughter-in-law and son's house, and they just had a, a feast, is all I can say. It was hard to move afterwards, and we had fun as a family and being together, and God's so good. And I, I realized how much, you know, we have to be thankful for that we just don't even, we go through life day in and day out, and and we just don't even look and see what God has done. And I remember my sister Carol telling her kids, even through the fall year, to cause them to look up and look at the trees and the beauty of everything that is around us that we just don't even take the time to look and to see. And Garrett, Pastor Garrett, it's good to have him and Bree back and Daniel and it was so good, I had to run up and see him last night and hug him. It's what grandmas, great-grandmas do. So it was so exciting to uh, see his little face and have him home. And I told him, you can't, you can't be selfish. You've got to share with every family. And <laughs> so I said, I'm trying not to be that way. So he said, that's good, Nanny. <laughs> so anyway, this morning, um, I want to share a little story with you that I ran across um, that God just began to deal with me. And the, the messages that Pastor Garrett has had uh, on this series on the home has been so good. And I, I didn't realize it till I kind of realized what my message was going to be this morning. And I look back at some of the notes that I took. And I realized this just going to flow right on. I could, you could have just added another part to your series. But that's good because it's the same Holy Spirit that God works through us and keeps our focus on what he's trying to do in our lives. So I read this um, little story, and it's where I got my title from because I thought that's perfect. Um, several years ago, I read a story about a 92-year-old Christian woman who was legally blind. And in spite of her limitation, she was always neatly dressed, that's important, <laughs> with her hair carefully brushed and done and her makeup carefully applied. Each morning, she would meet the new day with eagerness. After her husband of 70 years died, it became necessary for her to go to a nursing home where she could receive proper care. On the day of the move, a helpful neighbor drove her there and guided her into the lobby. Her room wasn't ready, so she waited patiently in the lobby for several hours. When an attendant finally came for her, she smiled sweetly as she maneuvered her walker to the elevator. The staff member described her room to her, including the new curtains that had been hung on the windows, I love it, she declared. But Mrs. Jones, you haven't even seen your room yet, the attendant replied. That doesn't have anything to do with it, she said. Happiness is something you choose. Whether I like my room or not doesn't depend on how it's arranged. 
It's how I've arranged my mind. So I actually named this title of my message, Arranging Your Mind. I can't tell you how important that that is because I literally believe that the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. If you're always someone that's down and complaining and never happy about anything, you will always live in a, a state of complaining and you'll never really be happy because nothing makes you happy. And I really believe that happiness is a choice. That, and I have to say that I've chosen that pretty much throughout my life. And it's something that I didn't, that just kind of came naturally for me. And then as I grew older, then I had to put it more into practice because you experience a lot of things in life that, that some things you like, some things you don't like. Anybody else ever been there? So to arrange something, and I'm just bringing this out. I know basically everybody knows what it means, but sometimes we just need to be reminded. So the word arrange means to put into proper order, to plan, to settle something in your mind and in your heart, or to settle an agreement. So you have to arrange things in your life. You have to choose, in other words, in your mind, how you want to live your life. And it is a choice that you have to make. So in this incident, I felt like that, that she made plans in her mind ahead of time on how she was going to handle the upcoming event. I thought that was so neat because she had already arranged her thoughts to something that most of us say, oh, no, you know. But she had arranged her mind. She was going to like it. She was going to like her room. And she didn't even have to see it because she had already settled some things in her heart and in her mind. And, you know, I know that some things happen in our life that throw us out you know, of, of gear. But some things we know are coming about, and we have to, if we'll do it and understand God's Word, and arrange how we're going to handle it. Are we going to be calm about it? Are we not going to let that situation cause us to say and do things we wish we never had? But by doing that, literally, it can settle a lot of issues in your life by settling things ahead of time. But I know that there are things that throw us off guard in our lives, like I said. And choosing ahead of time, even those things that throw us off guard, to begin to have the mind of Christ. And I guess one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do sometimes, because I knew my actions were going to be involved because your thoughts will determine your words. Your thoughts will determine your actions. So how many of you know that? If you're brain dead, you're not going to speak nothing or do nothing. But the thing is, God has given us a mind. But he's given us the mind of Christ also. So almost every step in our life, we have to make choices. We have to decide Christ is uh, presented to us. Do we want him? In our life. Yes. 
the Holy Spirit, there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do we want the baptism of the Holy Spirit? So you have to look at God's word. You have to look at life and make decisions in your life. So I knew that as hard as it was, because there's some thoughts you ever feel like they just won't go away. They just beat you down. They just, God, deliver me from this thought. I have this thought all day long, 24-7. I've got to be set free in my mind. And I'm telling you, even as a pastor or a regular person, there's battles that I've won in this area. And there's battles that I have lost. And I've learned the battlefield. Can anybody tell me where it's at? It's right here. This is where you're going to fight every battle in your life. You're going to come out victorious or you're going to come out defeated. But here's where it has to, to happen. And... One thing, and I taught this on our, our prayer thing for, um, for four weeks about prayer, but the Bible says put on the full armor of God, the whole armor, that you might be able to stand against the wiles, the tricks, the strategies of the devil. And having done all to stand, because we don't fight what? Flesh and blood. Our battle is not with each other. The battle is in the spirit. And I told them, if you don't know how to do spiritual warfare, then you're in trouble. If you think you've got to settle every issue on your own, if you think you've got to battle through it on your own, you're mistaken. Because he said, you're not fighting flesh and blood. But you're fighting the enemy. And he, Paul said this, so he said, finally, put on the whole armor that you can stand. So you're going to win battles. And without that armor, because each piece of it, I really wasn't going to go into this, but each piece of it has a, a, a purpose. Because it's putting on Jesus, putting on the helmet of salvation. That's the first thing, you know, I know in the movies and everything. But for me, I put on the helmet first because it's a guard against my mind to help me because it said a city without walls is open to everything, a, a place without borders. Like, no, you're not passing here. Is open to everything coming and going in their life. You have to have that border. You have to have something to protect your mind. You have to have the Word of God that will surround your mind and be a guard for your life. Because you're fighting life and death for yourself. And God wants you to be powerful in your walk in life. So very quickly he said, you know, put on the, the breastplate of righteousness. That means stand in right standing. That you're putting him on. And, you know, uh, gird your loins in truth. Wrap his truth around you. Slip on the, the shoes of peace. Because he's saying to you, you can walk in peace if you'll do this. Because I want you to walk. When you're not in peace, that means the, the enemy 
is throwing you everywhere. He's throwing you everywhere because you're not in any peace. Because if you're walking in the Word of God and you believe what He says, you've received it, you believe it, and you're walking in it, He's given you everything when the enemy comes at you. And then one more thing, He's given you the shield of faith. And that faith blocks the words coming at you. They, the, the words will hit you because they're meant to kill you, to destroy you. He don't care how long it takes, but eventually just keep letting that word just pound you, pound you, pound you. And so he, he tells us that put it up, put the faith up. So all that is, it's right here. We don't literally physically have this, but the one thing that he gives you to fight the enemy, can anybody tell me what that is? The word of God. He said, so I'm giving you the sword of the spirit that you might defeat him, that you might push him back in your life, that you might keep him from destroying you because you have the power within you. If you've received Christ as your Savior, if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you today, you have everything. He said, I've given you everything that you have need of. The Holy Spirit will lead you, guide you, and direct you. It's important to understand the importance of the Word of God and that you're fighting in the mind. And you... See, this is part of arranging it. Because part of arranging something is knowing something. And if you ask for wisdom, he's going to give it to you. He said, I'll give you wisdom. I won't hold back nothing. In fact, I'm going to give you more than you even asked for. And he said, and with that, you need understanding. A house is built. With wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. When you have the wisdom of God's word, you're starting to build this house. And then there has to come a settling. Do you know if you've ever built a new house, you know how it has to settle? Well, this house has to settle too. We have to understand the wisdom that's been given to us. And then the knowledge is knowing how to walk in it. So this house is to be built in wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. That means we have the Word of God, we're understanding it, and we are walking in it. And that's what, more than anything, I pray every day, give me wisdom, understanding, God, and knowledge. So I've realized so much how the Word of God, and I'm going to share Scripture with you right now, that literally, I have to say, if, if anybody said, what scripture, of course, outside of salvation, that's the main thing, is receiving Jesus, his son. But if anybody asked me, uh, Pastor, what, what scripture has really um, changed your life? Is there a specific scripture that has changed the way you walk or talk? And I said, yeah, I know. It. I'll tell you exactly what that scripture is. And Paul was speaking here in Philippians chapter 4, 4 through 9. And I want you just to listen because I want God to open your ears and your heart. Because his word can and will change your life. 
And in verse 4, he says, Paul spoke here. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, when he was speaking this right before this, two women in the church got in disagreement. And they were fussing back and forth. And so he told them, you know, speak to them and give them understanding that, that dividing yourself against each other is not good. So he, he gave this scripture, and I believe it was for them, but for us. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He says, let your gentleness be known to all men because the Lord is at hand. He says, be anxious or don't worry for nothing. Now, come on. How many of you have passed one day? Let me just ask you. Let me do it this way. How many of you have just passed an hour? Without a thought of worry or anxiousness come in your life. Now, you can do that maybe if you're sitting reading the Word, okay? I'll give you that one. But I'm just saying, most people, and they say now that anxiousness is getting stronger even than depression. That you're so anxious about everything that now anxiousness is beating out depression. Because we're so anxious about everything. We don't know how to move forward in our life and to get the truth that he says, be anxious for what? And don't worry about. He goes on, he says, if you want, because he said, look at the birds of the air. And how much more are you? Than the birds of the air. He knows that his word and hearing his word and coming into the house of God, because he does appoint apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, so that, that you might receive. He puts us up here. And, it, and you're called of God to do something in the kingdom for his people. And he says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some people will be in the last days. Well, you know, I watch TV. I really don't need that, you know. So we pick and choose what we want to hear. But the word of God in this house should be feeding you for everyday life. Making you victorious in your life. And walking with the word of God in your life. That this is what our job is. It, it's not say, oh, look at the gift I have. <laughs> this, what is in, you know what? Sometimes I say, God, how come this works for everybody else and I can't get to work for myself? I'm the preacher. You know? And, and he said, because the gift is for everybody else. It's for all of us, really. But I don't get it any easier than you all do. Let me put it that way. <laughs> Just because I carry a certain gift doesn't mean that I get by with more than what you do. <laughs> he loves us all the same. So he tells us, don't be anxious for anything. And this is what he says to do. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, that means going to him with your problems, whatever they are. And then he says, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God. So what happens is 
all the things that tend to make us anxious, we go to him by prayer. God, these things really bother me. Help me. And then the Thanksgiving part comes. You can talk to him about it and tell him everything you want to tell him. But then, God, I've made my request known to you. Now I thank you. I thank you that the word that you said and your promises tell me that if I'll put my trust in you, if I won't be anxious for anything, but I'm going to give it to you, I thank you that you're going to take care of it. And the Holy Spirit, you're going to show me one day at a time, one hour at a time, what I'm to do. He will reveal things to you that will blow your mind. If you believe, do you believe that he's given you discernment? See, we should be walking in the power that we can look past what we see before us and see in the spirit. He can show you if you're being deceived. He can show you things to come. The Bible says he can reveal to you and show you things that are coming, that you will know how to stand and what to do. You don't have to say a word to anybody. But that's where the battlefield up here starts happening. That's where you start putting the word of God to work. You start battling in the spirit because you have his word from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. We, you have, even have the shield of faith. And then you have the sword of the spirit. And let me tell you, he said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That means we're going to shove the devil back. Don't mean we're going to stand there and then do this. It means we're shoving him back. We're taking over what's ours. He has no right to take anything from you. Nothing. Because the Bible says greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. So you have the power of God within you to be able to win every battle that you face. And I want to tell you again, it's not always easy. It means you got to stand and do what's right when you don't want to. When you want revenge. When you want to hurt somebody. And I'm not the only one that's ever felt it here. Just choke them. I admit it. This, you get truth serum up here. <laughs> we all fight battles in our mind. So he said... Make your request known with thanksgiving. Now, wait on that one. He said, then, and the peace of God, then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let me ask you this today. I know probably nobody wants this, but how many of you want peace? Nobody, is there anybody in here who really doesn't need peace today? He'll guard that peace when you put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. When you're being attacked from every side, it will guard your heart and mind. You won't feel fear, and you know why? 
because he didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of sound peace and mind through the Holy Spirit. That what's in us is powerful in our lives. So if you want peace of heart, you're going to find it up here. He uses the mind. But he says, I've given you the mind of Christ. So we have his mind. His mind is what? This is his word. He, it, Jesus is the living word. So he speaks to you. He's so good that he even wrote it down for us. That it could be passed down from generation to generation to generation. And to as many will come and hear and receive. So the battlefield, again, is where we will come out defeated or victorious. And then the next verse, very quickly, he, he, this is what he tells you to do. He didn't say go out and fight. He said think on these things. Think on the word of God. What has he said to you? He said, finally, brethren, that's us. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble or honorable, whatever things are pure or lovely or of a good report, whose report will you believe? If there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. And so he's saying here the word of God is pure, it's lovely, it's a good report. The gospel is a good report. It's honorable because it has wisdom in it for you. Everything that, that you have need of, you can walk in honor, in truth, and you can walk in purity if you let this work. And then he goes on to say, the things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, Paul says, these do, if you'll do this, the God of peace will be with you. So you want peace? Get in there and study Philippians 4, 4 through 9. His word is living and it's powerful and it separates the soulish from the spiritual. It's quick, it's powerful. And when you put his word to work, and honestly, um, not too long ago, I was standing and I was uh, praying in the spirit and talking to God. And all of a sudden, right in the middle of that, something came and was bothering me in my mind. And I began to get upset about it. Now, here I am praying in the spirit. And then this scripture comes to me about the peace of God. Rejoice in the Lord always, not just every now and then. But even when things hit you in life, if you will turn to 4, 4 through 9 in Philippians, it can literally change your life. Now, I'm not saying he tells you to stick your head in a hole, because he, he's not. He's not saying, well, ignore the whole situation. But if you'll trust me, he said, I'll walk you through it. I'll show you what to do. I'll reveal things to you. I'll show you truths. You can walk forward in peace in whatever storm might be coming at you. 
And I caught on immediately, and I just started doing that very thing. And I had felt like something came on me, like a heaviness. I literally somehow felt it. And as I began to stand and begin to speak this word, I said, I rejoice in you because I know you know my situation and I know that the victory is mine. Nothing is going to overcome me or defeat me as long as, and I literally felt that lift off me. And that's how, again, he said, tell my people, if you will hear the word, if you will receive it, and do it. You can walk in my peace. And I will give you the victory. Now I, I want to say this. What we hope we will see out of it. Isn't always the thing we want to see. But the thing is. Is that we trust. We trust God in it. That however the outcome is. He's going to teach me. He's going to lead me. He's going to guide me. Because I trust him. In the hard times, in the hurt times, in the pain times, when the stinking times. And there are different times in all of our lives that we want to get through. Get them past God. How long am I going to have to stand here in this stuff? How long, oh God? You know, and then I have to say, but I trust you. So I have to get back in them shoes because the minute I start step out of his word and start thinking on my own, I get in trouble every time because I can't do anything. I can't defeat anything. You know, I might be small here, but I'm going to tell you I'm big in the spirit. I'm powerful in the spirit because it doesn't make any difference your size or, or education or any of those things. If you're educated in the Word of God, let me tell you, He'll take you into places you never dreamed you could go. He'll have you doing things you never dreamed you could do. That you never even thought about doing because you never thought yourself good enough to ever do it. But the Word of God. And just like He's preached here, has been so good about hope for the home and standing and fighting and doing what you know is right. So Paul said very quickly, now these things you've learned and received, and Paul said, and heard, and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. You want peace? Read this, this chapter, 4 through 9. And then, very quickly, because I've really dwelt on that a little bit longer than what I wanted to, but so in Romans 12, 1 and 2, uh, said here, I beseech you, or I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, God, which is your reasonable or your logical service. God, I give you my life. And when you sacrifice your life for whatever, it, it literally means you put your will aside, your wants aside, that means you shut yourself up. Because self ain't going to lead you where you want to go. I know I shouldn't say ain't, but you. But there's something about us that we're very stubborn, hard-headed, and we want to do our own thing. So for us to say, 
Not my will, but yours. You help me. And he goes on to say, do not be conformed to this world, to the, the, the way we're supposed to act according to the world. And the way we've seen people act according to the world and according to their wishes and their desires. But he calls us for something higher. And he says, so, but you, you be transformed. You be changed by the renewing or the rearranging of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So this up here is how you're going to prove through the word of God that you take on the mind of Christ in your battles. That means his word. You take on Jesus. And let me tell you, when Satan sees Jesus, he backs way off. When he sees Jesus in you, he sees that armor in you, he sees that in the spirit, things are going to change. He's not going to prevail against me. How about you? That's a choice. I'm going to fight. It does not mean I'm not going to make a mistake. It doesn't mean I'm going to do everything perfect. But let me tell you, when I fall, I know how to get up really quick. Remember this, and we do a song. Remember the kingdom of God is not about earning and deserving. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. But it's about believing and receiving. You have to believe to receive it. You don't earn it. I could say, well, God, I preached it this morning. Don't I earn something? I don't earn it and I don't deserve it. But I believe it and I receive it. And I want to practice it. Like Paul said, go, he goes on to say, practice those things that you've seen. So you have to put them in action. And because we're being changed, we're being transformed, we have to start taking his word and say, okay, how do I do this, God? All right, I'm going to start practicing it. Holy Spirit, every time I fall out of the light and into the darkness... Help me to see that. Let the scales be off my eyes. And I say, whoa, I'm in the wrong place here. I'm operating in the wrong kingdom. Because his kingdom is light. And the devil's kingdom of this world is darkness. Nothing but darkness. And he wants you out here in darkness for one reason. Because he hates you. He wants to destroy you, to kill you, to get rid of you. So he will take something that feels good, looks good, and gets us off wandering like we are dumb sheep. I know I'm not the only dumb sheep. And I have wandered out only to find out it looked good and felt good for a while, but then only to see I was in a big mess. He wants to steal. He wants to take everything away from you. He wants you to face loss. See, he, he enjoys dragging you down because he hates God. He hates everything God stands for. Hates his word. He got thrown out of heaven because he thought his pride threw him out. He thought he was something he wasn't. And I think we all get that way sometimes. We 
Come on. We fight our own mind. We fight our own thoughts. Hey, that shouldn't happen to me. Well, what makes you any different? We all are, are born into sin. It's receiving Christ that takes us out of sin into the light. So very quickly, oh, goodness. Um, but you can't be changed into Christ's image without a changing of your mind and heart. You, you have to put the word of God to action in your life. You can't just quote scriptures. You have to know it. But just quoting it, it's like something has to, to come from the heart into the, the word has to become alive to you. And it will. I spoke it when it didn't feel alive. Yes, yes. Don't matter. Because I knew his word was true. I, I knew deep down I wanted to see it working. But let me tell you, when it became alive in me, thank you, God, that I spoke it when I didn't feel like it and said, you know, I don't feel like forgiving them. I don't want to forgive them. But because you said I have to forgive them, if I want to be forgiven, I forgive them, God. You know I don't mean it. I'm just being honest. But I know I must. Because I love you. Your word has to rule over me. I don't even like them. I hope I never run into them on the street. Because if I do, it's probably going to be nasty. But I, I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. To almost get mad at myself. Because I know when those things come forth, I haven't really forgiven. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. And do you know, I did that for so long, every time their, their thought would come to me, until one day I found I had forgiven them. None of those bad feelings came up. None of those, I want to see them hurt. Because a lot of times we don't get our way. We want to see the other one fall. If you get mad at the church and leave, well, they're just going to go downhill. Almost wishing God's house would fail. That's selfish. But there is a war going on for your thoughts. By the enemy... To keep you from having the mind of Christ in action. See, he doesn't care if you come and sit in church every week. But if you never start using his word and putting it into action, you just be coming in and sitting in church every week. But he died for you. Forget not all of his benefits. Remember, he died for you. He forgave you. He's your healer. He's your deliverer. Remember that. Remember all your benefits when you receive Christ. So as you remember these things and put them into action and walk them out, practice them. I said it when I didn't feel like it. And then all of a sudden one day, my heart had changed. Psalms 107, 19, 20. This is good. It said, and this was David in the Psalms. He said, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He can change you, your mind that you won't be destroyed. 
in the midst of it. Because they called on their God. Keep me from destruction. Keep me. I'm in trouble, God. Help me. And the Bible said he sent his word and healed them. How many of you know that this word directed of God today won't heal you and save you? From what plant God that the enemy has for you. You don't know it all. I don't know it all. But I can tell you this, that the Word of God knows it all. He knows what you're going to face. And then he goes on to say, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. God, thank you for your goodness. We praise you and all the wonderful works of the ch to the children of men. He said, so let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare the works with rejoicing. Because, look, you know, we, we have a big turkey dinner and all that, but it's a time of month. Let's be thankful for the word. Let's put it into action because it is deliverance. It's healing. It's victory in your situations. It's all the things you long for if you'll put it into action. I can't do it for you. I can't lay hands on you and make it happen. It's something that you have to take the word of God and put it into action for yourself. Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you. You have everything that you have a need of. So he wants to keep you from having the mind of Christ because then we would talk and walk like Jesus in this world and this is the one thing that he will fight you for every day. He will fight you every day in your thoughts. You're at war. So you can imagine how different our lives would be if we could walk in, in the power of God in that knowing that lives would change, that, that we're to walk like Jesus. We're to be created into his image. We're to walk like him, talk like him, live like him, love like him. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, Pastor Garrett has been preaching the last few weeks, I thought was so good, on uh, the war within. That's where the war's at. It is within you. There is a war for your words. It's a fight to have the mind of Christ. Because what you think you're going to speak, it will come out. So he, there's a war for your thoughts and for your words. Because death and life are in the power of them. Do you want a life for yourself or do you want death for you or your life for your family or death for your family? You choose. Choose you this day who you will serve. Decide who you're going to serve. You have to do that up here. You're going to serve God, live for God? You can't walk the line. He said, because I'll spit you out of my mouth. Make up your mind. Either be hot or cold. If you're going to live for Satan, live for Satan. If you're going to live for God, live for God. But get off the fence. Somewhere you're going to have to decide. You're not going to walk like this and be pleasing to God in any way, shape, or form. And it will end up destroying you. 
So our battle is fought there. Put on the whole armor. And, and, and Pastor Garrett brought out in James 3, 1 through 3 about the tongue. And Pastor, I wrote this down. On the war within, you put interior freedom. If you take care of what's inside, the outside will be made right. Walk in freedom from the inside out. He sent his word and he healed them. So you will either speak life or death. A person's life largely reflects the fruit of his tongue or his mouth. What you think is what you're going to say and do. It will affect your words and your actions. God's good. He loves you today. And you know, so many times we pray for miracles. We want an instant miracle. But if he gave us an instant miracle, we'd probably go back doing, and in two months we'd be right back where we were. People wonder why things come back sometimes. And it's because we take things for granted. We take his word for granted. We take the church for granted. We take the gifts for granted. We take our families for granted. We take everything, our jobs for granted. We take so many things that he has blessed us with. And when we're so blessed with so many things, we kind of leave God out of things. Because we're happy. But those things can change in a minute. Where you thought you had it all. Things can change. And Satan can wipe you out in a split second. Don't forget about God. Don't forget his benefits. Don't forget it's the one, he's the one who gave you what you have. Wasn't your own brains and your own smarts and your own goodness. It was his word. It was receiving Jesus Christ into your life. And I'm thankful. I don't want to get out of my God. And I hope he always reminds me when I get over into darkness. Get back where you belong, Joyce. You're my daughter. Walk like my daughter, Joyce. You don't have to be destroyed. Come over here in your father's house and let me change that situation. Very quickly, I pray for you this morning. In the name of Jesus, Father, your word is seed. Let that word be planted in good ground today. Let it be ground that will yield a hundredfold. Let it be rich ground. Father, in their lives today, take your word and plant that seed deep, that it will grow strong and nothing can remove that, that seed. The cares of this world or anything cannot rob them of the seed. I bind you, Satan, from the seed over this house today in Jesus' name. And I lose, Holy Spirit, just water it, 
nurture it, let it come forth in power. In Jesus' name we pray, and I thank you, Lord God, for this house, for your people, for Pastor Garrett, for the leaders, the elders, the deacons. God, I thank you today. Thank you for our worship as we come with thanksgiving in our heart today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you today. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed. For more messages like this one, check out our website at gatheringplacechurch.com.